Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a snotty goster to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the appeal to nature. So the appeal to nature... Before, Hang on, before we okay. do that, what is a snolly goster? Well, you'll have to look it up. Oh, OK. <laughs> no, a snolly goster is an unscrupulous person who is kind of out for themselves, like a, often a politician. So Brilliant. Yeah. Such a lovely word. It's, it's a like, great It looks word. like it ought to be out of the Muppets or... yeah. Something like that. I can imagine it would be, it would be sort of, sort of. Oh yeah, weirdly, it's kind of orange, <laughs> orange hair. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a BFG kind of word. Yeah, yeah. That, yes. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, anyway. Uh, the appeal to nature is yep. when people basically mistake something which is natural for something which is good, or or make that yeah, kind of yeah, link yeah. and say that natural things are good and unnatural things are bad. Um, like because they're not natural, which is sometimes true, (laughs) sometimes not true. It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. There was a paper in the um, journal Medical Decision Making from 2015. They got participants to consider a hypothetical situation where they had to Mm -hmm. accept some medicine, basically, Um, and they were asked to choose between a, a natural drug from a plant or one that had been created in a lab. And they were told that both were equally safe and equally effective. Mm. Um, 79% of the participants chose the natural drug versus the synthetic wow. drug. Wow. Just purely on the basis that it was... Yeah, just because it was, they said it was natural. The weirder yeah. thing is that when they changed the rules, they did two different studies. They said um, mm. it was either less safe, the natural drug was less safe than the synthetic drug, or yeah. it was less effective than the, than the synthetic right. drug. Yeah. Still... 20% of the participants selected the natural drug <laughs> over the synthetic drug. Yeah, and you know what? You know <laughs> what? Those are the people that didn't get a vaccine. Those are the people that, yeah, don't take headache tablets. Those headache tablets derived from the bark of from a willow tree. Yeah. <laughs> acid. yeah, yeah. Yeah. White. So, um, yeah, people will choose natural stuff over synthetic stuff they will and you know this this comes out in marketing as we will discuss Mm. purely Mm. because they feel like it's better so our first trump example this week is uh from a rally that he was doing uh outside of a big hangar Uh, this was one of the ones with kind of air force one behind him and he was up on a big stage uh and he said this you know i thought that was the sun in my eyes it's these stupid lights these people i mean what are we what are they doing? Is there any way they can turn those lights down, folks? Crazy. You've got a thing called the sun. We like the sun better than the artificial nonsense. To be honest, the main reason that I picked this example yeah. is as a video producer, it pisses yeah. me off when yeah. people want to film outside and use the sun, yeah. use natural light instead of artificial lights. Um, yeah. Because they, and cause they that, think it's going to be better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, that, and also that thing that he's been in telly, as he, you know, kind of loves telling us. Uh-huh. He kind of would... Does he not understand that? Do you not 
What? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. artificial lights are infinitely better in most cases. There yeah. are times when it's great to use uh, natural light in yeah. filmmaking, video making. But the thing is, the sun isn't out all the time. There are clouds. Yeah. And, and and it doesn't keep still no, either. absolutely. It moves across the sky. You can't decide... Yeah what is going to be in the background because you have to shoot depending on where the sun is and what it's just it's really annoying that people yeah <laughs> clients regularly say oh can't we just do do this it's into the outside? outside no i can control yeah. my lights i can turn them up yeah. or down i can angle them i can move them backwards and I forwards can keep them in yeah. the same place <laughs> absolutely yeah standing in for the sun without it moving through a window yeah they do the same job they do the the they provide light <laughs> and yeah and i don't need to rely on bouncing that light i can use two lights yeah so and that and, um, the, and also the other thing that in that clip that really annoys me <laughs> is when he says can we just get to, to turn the lights down and everybody cheers <laughs> you go what yeah. really well if they did you wouldn't be able to see him because he's <laughs> like in a massive shadow in the in the hangar and you just think, well, yeah, but as soon as the sun goes behind that hangar, you've had it, and we know you're going to wrap it on for two hours, yeah. you're just going to disappear. And Yeah, uh, generally speaking, yeah. there's a reason when people are setting up a, an arena yeah. or a, um, a stage why people use lights. It's not just for, yeah. for their health. When the sunlight is very bright and it's, it isn't uh, in the right place or casting the right mm. kind of light over the person that you're filming... Often you need to use more lights to yeah. to fill in that the, those shadows because yeah. the shadows that are cast by the sun are extremely harsh. Yeah. Um. Which is which. Uh, yeah. People don't understand, and it annoys me. <laughs> Moving on from our just personal annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, the, the thing is, just because it's the sun yeah. doesn't make it good. Yeah. Just because the lights are but artificial that, doesn't make all, them bad. Yeah. Absolutely. Bad. Quite. Yeah. So our second example is actually from Mike Pence. And this was hey. an op-ed that he wrote uh, back when he was, I think, running for Congress or right. or a new Congress person in 2001 about climate change. He said, here's the deal. Environmentalists claim that certain greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide are mucking up the atmosphere and causing the Earth to gradually warm. Despite the fact that CO2 is a naturally occurring phenomenon in nature, the Greenpeace folks wants to blame it all on coal, another natural mineral, and certain evil coal-burning power plants. The theory is, get rid of the evil coal-burning plants and we save the planet from imminent doom. Sorry, I I, I feel like I put too much kind of life and performance into into that for Mike Pence. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. For the listeners' benefit, yeah, we had lost them. You know, seven minutes in, everyone yeah. will be asleep. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's saying that CO two. How, how can CO two be, be bad? It's yeah. it's you know completely natural. How can coal be bad? That's a natural mineral. Yeah, uh, you know. And how is it? Yeah, I'm thinking completely. as soon as he said that, I'm thinking cyanide. <laughs> yeah. naturally occurs as well. It doesn't yeah. take long to come up with lots of bad natural things. No, arsenic, snakes, yeah. you know, <laughs> lions. Yeah, most yeah. of Australia. It's just like everything yeah. wants to kill you. It's yeah. not. It's not automatically good. Quite, and you think, well, CO two is the problem. That's the problem, and it happened. You know, that it happens naturally. It has happened before during kind of global warming events, even before humans existed. Yeah, that was a happening absolutely. And that, when climate change skeptics say, "Oh, it's a natural phenomenon," actually, the the cooling and and warming cycles and and yeah that is true that doesn't mean that this time it is due to nature (laughs) 
Yeah. And and also, even if it was, even if what we were seeing was due to nature, it would still be bad if it ultimately led to a world where we can't survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, bad for us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, bad certainly. for us. Absolutely. Not yeah. bad for the planet. Yeah, yeah. Planet is fine. Yeah. Just just for yeah. humans. So. Yeah. And and if we're pumping an undue amount of natural stuff into the atmosphere, which causes a greenhouse effect. Yeah. So our third example is from uh, Senator Rand Paul, who tweeted, and this is back in November uh, 2020. So um, these these numbers may have been true-ish or the best numbers they had at that time he said uh, great news pfizer vaccine 90 percent effective moderna vaccine 94.5 percent effective naturally acquired covid19 99.9982 percent effective and then he explained actually which is really good that he explained where that number came from uh, estimating 200 reinfections out of 11 million americans which is likely an overestimation of actual reinfections realistically it's actually likely a massive underestimation of actual reinfections because there are many infections which are not found because there are no symptoms and people weren't at that time getting regular tests and all that kind of stuff so almost certainly masses more reinfections than than his estimate of 200 but the point is the naturally acquired covid19 or the the natural immunity that you get from getting covid isn't more effective than vaccines based on the studies that have been done on that but even if it was to get that immunity you have to have survived COVID. <laughs> yeah yeah he's kind of glossing over that so you yeah, have to yeah. get a potentially deadly yeah. disease so, yeah yeah so just saying well it's naturally yeah absolutely it's a good thing it's natural it's fine so i was looking up about you know what the argument that people use that the vaccine is synthetic and therefore not a good thing. And, and as, what, I, what I could find is what well, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, for example, are messenger RNA, mRNA. So the mRNA technology was worked out in the 70s where they would just put the bit of the stuff that is going to trigger your um, immune response they just kind of create that bit rather than give you the whole thing can you imagine what, you know well let's have a vaccine well okay so what we're we going to do well what we're going to do is we're going to get the phlegm from a covid sufferer and then we're just going to suck it into a tube and then we'll give you that so what you're actually going to give me covid yeah that's that's I mean, people would just go well i'm not having that because I might as well just get COVID. Would well, yeah, effectively you are getting COVID. I mean, that's what the the whole measles parties thing is all about. Yeah, People yeah. Refusing the yeah. measles vaccinations, but but trying to get their kids infected yeah. with measles. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a thing when when I was little. Um, you know, this was back before the invention of medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were parties like that where you'd have you go round kids' house. You go, oh, you've got chicken pots. Yeah, right, we're coming round. Edward Jenner's kids' birthday party. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You go. Why is there a cow in the back garden? Yeah, never mind. Never mind. It's quite pustular. Yeah. No. 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 It's fine. Don't. Don't. Don't look at it. It smells a bit. Yeah. And I, yeah. I always. Um, conflate that with with the memory told to me by my mum when people got whooping cough 
they would go and stand the kids, uh, not people, kids got whooping cough. They would, the parents would take the kids out and stand them by piles of tarmac where they're filling the road in to, in order to kind of breathe in the, the, um, the tar vapor. Yeah. <laughs> Famously good for your lungs. Famously good for your lungs. So, well, if you're going to cough, you might as well have a decent cough. <laughs> I'll give you something to cough about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't stop coughing, I'll give you something to cough about. Yeah, and, they, and, all, and that entire generation all became miners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worked with you know, evil coal mines. But anyway, yeah. So, the so this article is a, is arguing why synthetic is okay, and it's talking about the um, the fact that it's not okay. It comes from uh, a movement, a concept in the nineteenth century when it, which was about vitalism. The vitalism espouses that organic materials can't be created from inorganic matter. But we know now that that's not the case. And the classic experiment was reported by Friedrich Waller, um, no relation to Jacob Wall, Friedrich Waller, who's, who synthesized urea, the molecule produced in urine, by heating a chemical called ammonium cyanurate. The synthetic urea was identical to natural urea, even though the synthetic method was nothing like the. This is the note. Even though synthetic method was nothing like the biological production of urea, he didn't just sit about and drink a lot <laughs> and then collect whatever came in. No, he heated up a chemical. And and for me, there's something about Trump. In in there, you know that he actually produces gallons of synthetic piss when he <laughs> speaks. If only he worked with bullshit. So, like vitamin C, for instance, that's what intrigued me about that experiment that you mentioned about the synthetic versus the natural. Vitamin C, if you get vitamin those effervescent vitamin C tablets, it's it's made, it's man-made vitamin C. It's not they don't squeeze a million oranges and then you know dry it and compact it into that would be very labor intensive um yeah the vitamin is the the chemical is created in a lab and yeah 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 and it but it's exactly the same yeah it's it's identical so it does exactly the same thing and the fact that you can manufacture that and or you can manufacture molecules to the extent that you can uh, patent them you know that's that seems somehow to frighten the natural lobby um, certainly frightens the you know the, the anti-vaxxers of my acquaintance that uh, that 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 there's something uh, unnatural. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and therefore, and therefore bad, bad about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to the extent that we're not allowed to use the microwave, <laughs> you know, because it's it's synthetic, you know. So, but a microwave just produces the active ingredient that fire does. Which is basically to vibrate at high speed water molecules in food, which is what makes stuff hot. You know, that's that's what cooking is. Yeah. So the microwave just cuts out all of the having to you know chop down trees and and squash them into coal and then set up a fire and yeah, all that that's kind not of how stuff. Any of that works. <laughs> no, no. If yeah, if, if you've ever cooked over an open fire, not how it works, kids. Yeah. No, uh, my favourite microwave thing is uh, Christmas pudding. So, and all the all the purists now listen, not our audience, obviously, 
are all going, oh, no, no, you've got to steam that for four years <laughs> prior to... You know, you've got to know specifically that... British purists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Who's sucking their teeth going, oh, dear, no, you need a muslin cloth. See, you need to sit over the steam. But you can microwave it in three minutes. Whereas I don't think I'll be upsetting too many Americans to say that, that often, to, if they want to make a cup of tea, they will microwave a mug of water... And yeah. and put a tea bag in it, yeah. which is to our British ears utterly yeah. unacceptable. <laughs> I am now doing the Edvard Edvard monk emoji right now. Yeah, and yet I know not because it's unnatural though. Not because not because no. microwaves are less natural than kettles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because there is an acceptable order of things, and that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. It's just not right. It's just wrong. I know. Well, there you go. There, that's our inbuilt natural naturalistic fallacy going on. Cognitive bias of Britishness. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And now is the time I think for Mark's British politics corner. So the example I've got is uh, going back to the good old days of uh, before um, we didn't know that our government didn't know how to deal with COVID. Um, And so I kind of, this one's sort of revealed recently again by Dominic Cummings, you know, uh, liars, lying about liars, not telling the truth, because apparently... Uh, Johnson did originally entertain notions of a natural herd immunity as a response to COVID-19. And he was taken to task on the blisteringly harsh televised holding leaders to account environment that is this morning with Philip and Holly. On on my birthday last year, on March 5th, 2020, he said this. That's where a lot of the debate has, has been. And one of the theories is that, you know, uh, perhaps you could sort of take it on the chin, take it all in one in one go and allow the disease, as it were, to, to move through the, the population, uh, I, without really taking as many draconian measures, I think we need to strike a balance. I think it's very important. We've got a fantastic NHS. We'll give them all the support that they need. We'll make sure that they have all the preparations, all the, the kit that they need to, for us to get through it. But I think it would be better if we take all the measures that we can now just to, you know, to stop the peak of the disease being as, as uh, difficult for the NHS as it, as it might be. I think the... there are things that we may be able to do. So basically he's kind of saying that taking any measures to prevent the disease ripping through the population would be draconian and, and actually the issue is we've got to support the NHS. Never mind the lives, what we've got to do is make it not difficult for the NHS. So it's kind of, you know, the, what was terrifying also is that they didn't do any of those things. And anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, they absolutely uh, did not give the NHS all of the preparations no, and all of the kit they needed at all. No, no, nor did they stop the peak of the disease. No. Yeah, you know, no. And, you know, all those kind of things that one might expect as a natural response to a pandemic. So anyway, where's the fallacy? Well, in the way that Dominic Cummings defined it, summarised it, he said basically what they'd agreed was herd immunity, protect the economy, and if that means some pensioners die, too bad. And that theory has its roots in the appeal to in an appeal to nature, and it comes from... The argument that were kind of made by a guy called Herbert Spencer, who was a contemporary of Darwin, 
in the 1850s, he wrote a somewhat perverse justification of poverty and inequality in uh, 19th century Britain. And he argued that under the natural order of things, society is constantly excreting its unhealthy, imbecile, slow, vacillating, faithless members through what he describes as a purifying process. So there's some sense in that modern herd immunity belief that actually it's a natural it's a natural order of things that society and life just does away with the idiots and the yeah, poor the second older gonna faithless. Die. Yeah. <laughs> and the vacillating faithless faithless interesting members. Um I said the members of faithless got quite queering in their boots. <laughs> and um but but also it's a justification for not doing anything for the poor and it's not that different from Okay, well, you know, people are going to die. That's just what happens. We can't help that. So that's the it's, it's what nature does. So it's a justification of awful divide and inequality by just going, oh yeah, no, it's just natural. And um, I mean, it, it it is amazing in today's world um, to to think back to that being an acceptable uh, opinion. Mm. But it's absolutely the opinion some people had at the beginning of this. No question about it. I have heard people say, you know, well, people get people are going to die. You know, we're all going to die eventually. So yeah, yeah, we should just we should just do it. We should just let it happen. Yes, that view is exactly that. And um, our friend of friend of the show, uh, Boris backing Katie Hopkins, that Twitter band Aussie deported fascistic supporter of anything self-promotingly right wing inevitably tweeted on March 13th, 2020, that coronavirus is a team sport. Get it, get immunity, feel better. The herd triumphs. Do not fear death. Everyone has an end, which basically says it's only natural. Take one for the team. You're all going to die. Stop thinking of yourself. Do it for the rest of us, which is ironically something that she never does. And I also think we discussed in the McNamara fallacy episode, which looked at how measuring COVID had changed. So there's something in the way that the number of cases is subject to this fallacy as well. Because I think the numbers have been, the numbers of cases have been normalized. This is normal. So it's no longer bad because it's, it's no longer abnormal. It's just what naturally happens. Viruses arrive, people get sick, numbers go up, happens all the time. It's normal. It's nature. And that, which is, enabled them to focus on the number of deaths and even the number of deaths that the number of deaths is lower and that that's good somehow is normalized as a naturally occurring thing yeah there'll be deaths but now there's fewer of them the numbers have gone down is a natural progression from the success of the vaccine so look at that and not the fact that there are still deaths which actually if you don't look at it like that, they're avoidable deaths from a virus yeah. that we could have been more protected against more effectively, more quickly and more thoroughly. Find me in a logic class Made it 
Beatles there, of course, with Mother Nature's Son. What more appropriate track? And in the fallacy in the world, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week comes from Monty Python. And this is the Crunchy Frog sketch. Yay! <laughs> Next, we have number four. Crunchy Frog. Ah, yes. <laughs> Am I right in thinking there's a real frog in here? Yes, a little one. <laughs> what sort of frog? A dead frog. <laughs> is it cooked? No. What, a raw frog? Uh, we use only the finest baby frogs, dew-picked and flown from Iraq, cleansed in the finest quality spring water, lightly killed and then sealed in a succulent Swiss quintuple smooth treble cream milk chocolate envelope and lovingly frosted with glucose. This is maybe it's still a frog. Oh, what else? <laughs> well, don't you even take the bones out? If we took the bones out, it wouldn't be crunchy, would it? <laughs> Superintendent Parrot ate one of those. Excuse me, moment. It says crunchy frog quite clearly. Well, the superintendent thought it was an almond world. People won't expect there to be a frog in there. They're bound to think it's some form of mock frog. Mock frog? We use no artificial preservatives or additives of any kind. Nevertheless, I must warn you that in future you should delete the words crunchy frog and replace them with the legend... Crunchy, raw, unboned, real dead frog, if you want to avoid prosecution. Absolutely brilliant. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good. That, yeah, that natural things could be so wrong. That's the thing. And he goes, is it a real frog? Yeah, of course it is. There's no frog. artificial <laughs> ingredients of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yes, the the. The argument from many companies that they use no artificial ingredients is yeah. is a huge selling point based yeah. on exactly what we've been saying and, and what I said at the beginning of, of people kind of preferring the idea of natural stuff. The fact is artificial isn't always bad and natural isn't always good and so that isn't, yeah. you know, in this case, you get a real frog in your chocolates, uh, lightly killed. It's, it's yeah. just because it's natural doesn't mean it's what you want to eat. <laughs> Leave the, leave the bones in it. Well, of course, we leave the bones in it. We'll be crunchy otherwise. And this sketch, yeah. actually, although we call it Crunchy Frog, is, is technically it's called yeah. the Trading Standards Sketch. Oh, uh, okay. Because these police are enforcing yeah. what we have in the UK, which is trading standards laws, where you have to be honest about what you're selling. We also have a thing called the Advertising Standards Authority, which checks that things that are being advertised are being advertised truthfully. And in 2008, there was uh, an advert from miracle Grow, the fertiliser people, who claimed that their new organic compost was 100% chemical-free. Right. <laughs> which would yeah. mean that they what weren't selling What was it made of, then? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What was it made of? Physics? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the, the concept of art. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> chemical-free is a thing you will see on mm. baby clothes, on cosmetics, and it's never, ever true. <laughs> and there was a complaint to, to the Advertising Standards Authority, but they allowed this advert to continue. Oh. They said at the time, when there's a colloquial understanding of a word, we can take this into account when reaching our decision. In this case, right. we believe that most viewers are likely to understand the term organic as meaning no man-made chemicals have been used to manufacture or are present in this product. For this reason, we believe most viewers are unlikely to be misled by the claim. Which... A lot of people disagreed with, and I disagree with, because because yeah. yes, it's a bit pedantic to say chemicals are chemicals. what everything yeah. is made of. Therefore, yeah. you can't have chemical-free fertilizer. Yeah. But also allowing this thing kind of thing to continue does 
continue to promote the fear of synthetic chemicals. Yeah. And there isn't a need to be afraid of them per se. That's not to say all yeah. synthetic chemicals are fine, and it's definitely not true to think all natural chemicals are fine. But yeah. but they're all chemicals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whether they whether they're made of frog or not. Absolutely. Yeah. So our second example is uh, from Jurassic Park. As soon as you put this one in, <laughs> I knew it was going to be this bit. Yeah. It's my favourite bit, and it's, this is my. My Jeff Goldblum impression is based on his hand, <laughs> his hand acting in this scene. Yeah. So this yeah. is where uh, Richard Attenborough is is basically trying to get some support for having brought dinosaurs back to life. Spoiler. <laughs> and the scientists what? that he's collected are not on board with it. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't start to think if they should. Condors. Condors are on the verge of extinction. If I was to no, no, if I was to create a flock of condors on this island, you wouldn't have anything to say. No, hold on. This isn't. This is some species that was obliterated by deforestation, or or the building of a dam. Dinosaurs uh, uh, had their shot, and nature selected them for extinction. Apart from glossing over the fact that actually, if you brought condors back, yeah. They wouldn't go rampaging through the, the city and eat you. Well, that none of that's happened yet. So, oh, okay. so, oh no, another spoiler. <laughs> so they're not. Yeah, they're not making. Yeah. They're not using the. This is an incredibly dangerous argument, and that's kind of my point. There's plenty <laughs> of good reasons not to bring apex predators back to life. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that nature created a meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs yeah. is not a good reason. That the they didn't die out because they were selected against. It wasn't natural selection. Yeah. Nature didn't select against them. It was a no. it was an extinction level event. It was a you know rocks flying about space. If yeah. that if the meteor hadn't hit, who knows how long they would have lasted and survived and thrived and done other stuff. Um, it you know so they aren't they weren't a species that that had their shot and died out because they they weren't fit yep. for the environment yep. and. Even if they were, <laughs> I still don't think that's a good argument. <laughs> the argument no. for not bringing... No. One of the main arguments for not bringing dinosaurs back is their letosol. Yeah, but probably the very first one. Yeah, but not not much of a scientist, old Goldblum, is he? I mean, he's kind of... Well, actually, isn't he... He's the chaos the theorist, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And you kind of think, well, even if you're a chaos theorist, <laughs> you would go, can you imagine what chaos yeah. would ensue if you brought back 60-foot... Dire apex predators, <laughs> but the others are, that are used uh, to eating meat. I mean, Laura Dern is the is a botanist, isn't she? And she she's saying, yeah. but her main complaint is that the they don't know what they're doing. The the people who've kind of created Jurassic Park because they've got uh, plants in the in the building that are toxic, um, and yeah, they just don't. Yeah. They've chosen them because they look nice. Um, yeah. And Sam Neill, the paleontologist, is is um, saying, well. We just don't know what will happen if you put humans and dinosaurs together because he hasn't yeah. got much of an imagination. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as as scientists go, he kind of picked the right people, really, didn't he, Attenborough? Because they didn't have any 
They've got specious arguments at best. <laughs> you know, they've all, thankfully, as far as he's concerned, he can distract them with the condor argument. Mm-hmm. You know, as, thankfully, they've none of them spotted the fact that we're unleashing 60-foot <laughs> apex <laughs> predators. That, that, yeah. So, you know, at the height of evolution, after six, 360 million years of evolution, is a bad thing. Yeah. You know, nobody's kind of said that. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and then they just go, oh, you've got a T-Rex. Oh, yeah, did I not mention that? <laughs> no, you fucking didn't. No. you know. And mm-hmm. and even when he does mention it, they're delighted. They don't go, what the fuck have you done, <laughs> you idiots? You get me off the island now. No, 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 no. They stand there and go, oh, yeah, brontosauruses. Mm. Look at that. Marvellous. Mm. Look, how, look how these galliomimus are running. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Because there's a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> coming out here. Oh my god. Yeah. So, yeah. Drive a bit faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the yeah, the nature argument is is um, among the weaker of their arguments of their against arguments. doing this. <laughs> Amongst several other really bad arguments about the toxicity of indoor plants. Yeah. <laughs> And so next I've got a couple of uh, clips from different Parks and Recreation episodes. The first is from the episode Sweetums where Anne is trying to tell everyone that the energy bars that Sweetums, the sweet people, are putting out there, Nutri-Yum, are not good for them because they're basically pure corn, uh, high fructose corn syrup. (laughs) And there's a town meeting where one of the inhabitants of the town says this. What's so bad about corn syrup? It's natural. Corn's a fruit. Syrup comes from a bush. Oh, boy. I think we ought to throw those bars out and eat ham and mayonnaise sandwiches. That's not a good idea. Ham and mayonnaise. No. Ham and mayonnaise. No, no, no. Ham and mayonnaise. <laughs> Bunch of random non sequiturs. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Spoiler alert, corn isn't a fruit. <laughs> Actually, technically, corn is a fruit. Is it? Yeah. But you still shouldn't put it in a fruit salad. But the seeds are on the outside. Yeah, but technically a fruit is a thing that we eat with the seeds, that that has seeds and we eat the whole thing. Oh, so, yeah, oh, so, uh, not, it's not a, where they it's are. It's a specific right. kind of fruit. Um, I forget the, right. the botanical name for it. Essentially, Grass. It's, it's a grain. Um, and, right. and grains yeah, are yeah. fruits because they're, they're, they're oh, just wow. less fleshy they're ones. They're the fruiting bodies of... Um, Grass. Yeah, syrup comes from a bush. Not so sure about that one, but <laughs> yeah. but this is corn syrup, yeah. so yeah. it comes presumably yeah. from the corn. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that it's natural doesn't mean it's good for you. Doesn't mean that stuff that is made with basically just corn syrup isn't yeah. unhealthy. And nor does it explain why they rejected that for ham and mayonnaise. Yeah. yeah. Back at Parks and Rec, yeah. this is when Ron is trying to find a celebrity to help with his new business that he's gone into with uh, with Tom. Uh, they've gone to a kind of new age guru type woman. So you've had soy milk and almond milk. Now try the hottest new craze, beef milk. It's like almond milk that's been squeezed through tiny holes in living cows. <laughs> milk. <laughs> No. No. Milk costs $3 a gallon. Annabelle's authentic hand-strained tea-to-table beef milk, <laughs> that costs $60 a gallon. Yeah, and there's a wait list. <laughs> yeah. 
That's fucking milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this character Annabelle Porter and her and her business Bloosh mm-hmm. is directly based on Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop, mm-hmm. um, and it is about the kind of fetishization of mm. natural stuff and and this kind of yeah. attempt to repackage nature and and stuff like that and say look how how wonderfully natural this stuff is yeah yeah and if you can add more things like hand strain and and this kind of repackaging is absolutely relying on this appeal to nature and the and the, mm. the need that people have to 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 feel that this stuff is they're escaping the kind of processed synthetic yeah. world that you know normal shops try yeah. and sell you yeah so instead, you should buy a perfectly natural candle that smells like a vagina. Yeah, exactly. Like like all candles naturally ought yeah. to, if they weren't infused with you know artificial things like the smell of roses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a well. There was a phenomena in that most natural of coffee places, Shoreditch in London, which is you know so hipster it hurts. That they there was one place that would give you coffee and it was so artisanal and hand strained that they just gave you your own little cafetiere and some beans (laughs) and some water and you made it yourself and yeah and you're they're doing constructed coffee and you're paying more and more stuff for it (laughs) yeah my example for the fallacy in the wild was a uh, was from the Urban 75 message board where people are actually just trolling the whole 5G cons- conspiracy theorists, but also this idea, but poking fun at this idea of what's natural and what's not. And they're talking about uh, some theory that's going around that there's a, a smog has descended on somewhere or other and it's been uh, produced by the 5G masts and some, somebody's gone, I'll tell you that that fog has been generated from 5G masts and that includes COVID mist. And then someone replied, said, yeah, that fog definitely looks unnatural. Not like the 3G fog that we had in my day. So it's, which kind of perfectly sums it up. So you're just kind of comparing two completely unnatural <laughs> phenomena. And you go, no, it's not natural. <laughs> So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. You see, I'm, I'm maintaining that the whole notion of winners and losers is an artificial construct. See, there's nothing natural about it. The world is a place of peacefully occurring collaboration between flora and fauna and... <laughs> predator and prey so i reject your so-called game as an aberration it's wrong and it shouldn't be allowed yeah so the theme this week is is kind of it's quite a loose one to be honest well hang on there's i mean there's nothing tight and specific about what trump says (laughs) at any point you know. uh, but this is just times when, when during a, a rant, he's he's at some point said, "What's going on?" As if right. he had a moment of clarity. But <laughs> <laughs> he kind of woke up. The drugs wore off yeah. for a moment, and he's looking at going, what's, go- <laughs> "What's going on? Why am I wearing this ridiculous hairpiece? Who am I? What? Why are my pants on backwards? This is not my beautiful house." Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so statement number one they said my poll numbers are very bad in europe 
I said they should be. No, seriously. They said when he started off, he had 87%. That means you could be the king of any country. Now they, because I'm representing our country, I'm not representing those countries. You know, one of those things. True. It's true. They said his poll numbers have tanked. And I said, oh, damn it. What's going on? Damn it. And then I said, oh, it's in Europe. That's okay. It sounds like it's half a phone conversation <laughs> we're listening in on. You know, it's like a like a, um, a Stan Freeberg uh-huh. thing from the 50s where we, where he would do comedy sketches when you only get to hear his half of the conversation. And it's going, yeah, what? Yeah, true, true. They said, what? Yes, what? <laughs> Statement okay. number two. Okay. Uh, this is yeah. towards the beginning of, of COVID. He said, um, they show me this graph and everything's looking beautiful. And then there's this spike, this big spike, like right out of nowhere. And I say, what's going on? And by the way, this is right in the middle of we've got the biggest economy in the history of the world, right? And black unemployment is doing terrifically. And we've got this spike and it's the testing. There's the thing in Denver and we're looking at that very strongly. But really, it's the testing. Okay. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, that bit about where he goes... Uh, and it's right in the middle of, and um, we've got the biggest economy <laughs> in the world. It's just like Boris saying, yeah, we should, and the NHS, we're <laughs> going to give them all that they need. Yeah, moments where they kind of, where they, it rushes in, and he's uh-huh. going, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And statement number three, this was at a social media summit. He said, I notice things happening when I put out something, a good one that people like, right? A good tweet, it goes up, it used to go up. It would say 7,000, 7,008, 7,017, 7,024, 7,032, 7,044, right? Now it goes 7,000, 7,008, 6,998. Then they go 7,009, 6,074. I say, what is going on? It never did that before. It goes up and then they take it down. Then it goes up. I'd never had that. Does anyone know what I'm talking about with this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I so want that one to be real. <laughs> right. Yeah. Does that? No, no. Nobody knows that. Okay. So. Mm. All right, then. Well, mm, you see, the one with the Denver, there's this thing in Denver we're looking at very strongly. That's a very Trump thing to say, which means it's a very Trump thing to say. So you might have picked up on that. <laughs> Over the years, we've been doing this and written that in. Okay, there's this big, beautiful spike. Okay. Mm-hmm. King of any country. See, I, I can't like that one. I'm representing our country, not those countries. You know, one of those things. It's got enough dead ends to real, and I really want the numbers one to be real. So. And yeah, so based on nothing at all other than it feels natural. <laughs> natural. Mm, okay, but I might reject the number one because that doesn't feel natural. Mm, okay, I. Oh, okay, I think number two is the one that you made up. Okay, out of the other two, which yeah. are you more convinced by? More, more convinced by the polls in Europe. Okay, number one. So. Number one is... Yeah, yeah. Real. They said my poll numbers are very bad in Europe. I said they should be. No, seriously. They said when he started off, he had 87%. That means you can be the king of any country. Now they're ching because I'm 
representing our country. I'm not representing those countries. You know, one of those things. So, it's true. They said his poll numbers have tanked. And I said, oh, damn it. What's going on? Damn it. Then I said, oh, it's in Europe. That's okay. <laughs> he's, again, he's making joke-shaped comments. Uh-huh. Uh, they said my polls are number very bad in Europe. I said they should be. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> seriously, folks. Uh, yeah. Take my word. Eight to seven percent. Yeah, when people poll, that means you could be king of any country because that's how kings work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In countries, you get you vote them in for one. And also, uh, I mean, it yeah. barely needs saying, but at no point. Has he ever polled at 87% anywhere other than specifically the Republican um, membership who already agree with him? That portion of (laughs) the Republicans. Yeah, At the beginning of um, Obama, by the way, in end of 2016, this is uh, confidence in the US president across Europe. The highest was Netherlands, 92% 2016. Wow. UK, 79%. 2016, uh, France 84%, Germany 86%, and so on. That was Obama. Yeah. Uh, as yeah. soon as Trump got in, the absolute highest is Hungary with 29%. Yeah. <laughs> and Hungary, yeah, yeah, a proper, you know, socialist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Italy yeah. 25%. They like the fascists. Hungary. Poland 23, yeah. United Kingdom 22, uh, Greece 19. France, 14%. Sweden, 10%. Spain, 7%. That was his approval rate. Wow. Spain never went above 7%. Started, <laughs> so, wow. So when he said, when he started off, yeah. he had 8 7%. Was he talking about Obama? I I mean, he's just lying. He's just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, well, he's not even... Yeah, he's saying that they said when he started yeah. off. So even the people that he's saying... He didn't have 87% in about the US. It. I mean, he no. never was above 50% <laughs> ever. No. No, but that because they said when he started off, so he's so he's he's conjuring up these mythical people, and then the mythical people are talking about him in the third person, yeah, yeah. rather than me. This is say, just a conversation he's overheard that they were they yeah. saying his his poll numbers have gone down. <laughs> yeah, and he's going, "What's going on?" They go, "No, actually, it's nothing to do with you. We're not oh, talking oh, about okay. you. Yeah, I'm not talking about you. No." No, because yours are tanked yeah. anyway. They've never gone up. They can't, you know, not getting positive figures. We can't even. Yeah. So not yeah. how kings work and also not how no. anything works. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. So you also think uh, that number three is real? And number three. I do. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Real. I notice things happening when I put out something, a good one, that people like. Right? Good tweet. It goes up. It used to go up. It would say 7,000, 7,008, 7,017, 7,024, 7,032, 7,044. Right? Now it goes 7,000, 7,008, 6,000, 9,998. Then they go 7,000, 9, 6,074. I said, what's going on? No, it never did that before. It goes up, and then they take it down, then it goes up. I'd never had that. Does, does anyone know what I'm talking about with this? 
No, nobody knows what the nobody. fuck you're talking about. He's like, he sounds like, what he sounds like is a bingo caller <laughs> on acid. You know, it used to go, it used to go up. Well, it didn't go up much. Yeah. So I mean that, but I think is what 7, you've got to remember is that is him sitting after he's done a tweet that he's particularly proud of. Just hitting yeah. refresh every couple exactly, of seconds. Yeah, it's going, going 7, oh, it's got 7,000 likes 7, now. 7,008 likes now. 7,017 <laughs> likes now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, and the fact that he defines a good one, it's a good one is the the ones that people like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, the, none of them were good. And so, yeah, a good tweet. It goes up. You just go. Yeah, it's like when you're trying to buy, you're watching an auction on eBay and you're going, oh, no, keep refreshing, keep refreshing. He also claimed just before that that he used to get 100,000 new followers in a very short period of time. And now it takes 10 times that, (laughs) that very, (laughs) 10 10 very short periods of time. 10 times very short (laughs) periods of time. Yeah. How how short? What are we talking, centuries here? Geological time span? What? Which means that number two was fake news, as you surmised. Uh, uh, that was uh, largely it had me going. made up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically it was, it was made up. There was a thing in Denver, uh, which was, a, which was a, an outbreak at a meat processing plant. But that was kind of right. the, just the inspiration for that, really. So yeah. you are now on 35 out of 72. Which means wow. if you get yeah. the next two right, yeah. you'll be on 50%. Oh, so hey, oh, I see. That's, to shoot just, for that's, that's not natural. No, I don't think it's natural. <laughs> right, not to bring the, uh, the mood down, but holy fuck. Yeah. This is the so, part of the show that this week at least is called Reproductive Rights Are Not a Logical Fallacy because Texas is now Gilead. Uh, yeah. and everything is shit. Yeah. And there's no realistic way out. And and nineteen eighty four as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with so anyway, to begin at the beginning. Yes. So yeah. the Texas legislature, obviously Republican, put forward a bill in May, uh, called SB eight, which restricts abortions to only if there isn't a uh, what they call a fetal heartbeat which isn't really a heartbeat as such because the fetus at six weeks essentially when the you can first hear some kind of rhythm doesn't have a heart as such the fetus at that point is approximately five millimeters long and um jelly jelly baby yeah well no way smaller than jelly baby pomegranate seed that kind of size And it's the very, very, very beginning of when you might be able to hear a... I mean, if, like, not even necessarily through the belly, but with a kind of transvaginal ultrasound kind of situation, Mm -hmm. you might be able to detect Mm -hmm. a heartbeat. And they decided that that should be the point at which people who are pregnant are no longer allowed to opt for an abortion, which is completely unconstitutional because of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey and the, the... the rights enshrined in the constitution for you and in in i think it was it was casey that that specified it was the 14th amendment the the right to liberty essentially that allows women to prior to to kind of the the viability of the fetus make that decision for themselves essentially yeah. um with yeah. no undue burden uh placed upon them by the state yeah so texas introduced this bill and it was uh, challenged in court, 
and it was uh, overturned by the district court uh, in Texas, and uh, then then it was appealed up to the Fifth Circuit, who overturned the appeal and kind of essentially said that the bill could could the law could go ahead. Uh, then it was appealed to the Supreme Court, who sat on it, did nothing, waited for it to go into effect, and then using what is kind of sometimes called the shadow docket, put out a, a ruling that is not based on any uh, briefings or evidence or citations particularly or any real analysis of the legal aspects of it, mm. saying that they would not enjoin this uh, law from going ahead and... Yeah. There's, you know, you can you can make all the challenges you want, but while those challenges are happening through the various courts, the district courts and so on, uh, this law can take effect, which is Whoa. unbelievable. Because it is, I mean, it is it, unquestionably unconstitutional. There isn't any real doubt about that at all. Let's kind of go back to basics. Roe v. Wade, 1973, said that uh, the the state. It cannot intervene basically at all on the mother's right to choose to have an abortion in yeah. the first trimester. Uh, second trimester, the state can um, put restrictions in place but can't prohibit anything. Third trimester, the state can do whatever they want. Right. In the 90s, yeah. when the court had got a bit more conservative, in I think it was Pennsylvania, there was a case, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, uh, where the hope was from the kind of conservative side that they could get the court to overrule Roe v. Wade at that point because right. the court had yeah. become more conservative and therefore more likely to do that. Planned Parenthood versus Casey affirmed Roe v. Wade but changed mm -hmm. the rules uh, from the trimester system to viability and said once right. the fetus is viable, you cannot have an abortion or, you, or the state can, can right. prohibit you. Yeah. But pre-viability... The state can only restrict but can't prohibit. And and those restrictions cannot place an undue burden on the mother. Right. So clearly the state cannot prohibit abortions at the point where a fetal heartbeat is detected. At what is essentially around the six-week yeah. mark. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely clear. So Texas, in their infinite wisdom when writing SB8, came up with a system where the state doesn't enforce this law. Right. What happens instead uh, yeah, yeah, is yeah, they yeah. make it legal for any nutter to yeah. sue anyone yeah. who is involved in either providing the yeah. abortion, uh, you know, doing the, the procedure themselves, or, or anyone who facilitates the, that process. Yeah. Yeah. And in a very weird bit that I still haven't got my head around at all, anyone who intends to do that yeah i mean how do you how do you measure intent i absolutely don't yeah. know how that is enforceable yeah. at no. all and isn't there like a cash reward as well, well essentially yeah so this uh these individuals whoever chooses to sue they can't sue the the woman or the the pregnant person that is constantly woman in the law because it's texas but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. trans men can get yeah. pregnant and have abortions. Yep. Uh, so the the pregnant person isn't getting sued. It's the person who is who is doing the procedure or anyone who facilitates it, even from the process mm -hmm. of kind of paying or or giving them a lift to the clinic or anything. You know, the nurse who books yep. her in or or prov anyone who provides um, the pregnant person with 
material to give them information about it all yep. of that stuff those people can all be sued and the um the amount is not less than ten thousand dollars so it could be more if wow. if a judge chooses they can they can say that the award that the person who do, who can just be completely unconnected to this yep. just anyone anyone who yeah it's just anyone who yep. chooses to hang around a, a an abortion clinic yeah uh, waiting for someone they reckon is probably more than six weeks. Yeah. So they can get up, uh, more than 10,000 or 10,000 minimum plus their court costs if they win. Wow. The defendant, essentially, the person who is being sued, if they win, they don't get their court costs paid. They still have to pay their court costs. So they pay either way. So it's yeah. absolutely incentivizing people to to yeah. just try this just on. Grasp people yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It is quite unbelievable. It's basically it's a, like a bounty hunter system mm. where where anyone is deputised to to enforce this law, um, yeah. and it's crazy, and, you know. And and it's and it's a, and also the 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 other thing is that at six weeks or whatever, you know, the, whatever the rice grain is. Is about the time when you realise that you might be yeah, pregnant. It's absolutely one of the, the kind of the earliest kind of go, uh, part of the yeah, rage. Might yeah, have missed the period. You know, mm, is that what that is? The you know, vast yeah. majority of people are not going to know they're pregnant at that point. Wow, it's certainly at the uh, the the um, kind of lower range of when you can take a, a pregnancy test and get a. a mm positive result if you're pregnant like you know your hcg levels are not going to be that elevated by that point Mm. in fact i think it's prior to i think it's there's seven or eight weeks is the first point at which they say you can really make an appointment and go and have a you know prenatal check yeah so yeah i mean it's it is uh, i mean they say it's well they don't say it's six weeks they say it's at the point of the detection of the heartbeat but Ultimately, it's yep. being talked about as around six weeks, but realistically, it's it's a ban on abortion because yeah, for the vast majority of people, they aren't going to know or be able to know uh, by that point. And even if they know within you know four or five weeks, you've still got to make um, an appointment. Uh, Texas has a law where you have there's a mandatory twenty four hour waiting period anyway, so you can't get right. it immediately. So you have to you have to wait. You have to go through various hoops to to get things done and you can't you know you're not going to necessarily be able to get an appointment that day they have other laws about the fact that abortion clinics have to kind of have the same facilities as a level one trauma center so that to, mm-hmm. to cut down the number of providers that are available so a lot of people texas is huge it's the same size as france yeah so yeah um yeah and that i'm not being hyperbolic it literally is yeah and there aren't that many uh, facilities that that have um, the ability to perform abortions in the first place, so so people have to travel. Obviously, this is going to affect low income people. Um, you know, yep. people who who have the money can go out of state, yeah. and it's not yeah. going to affect them at all. This is going to damage, you know, people who are, are, are teenage mothers or or people who are uh, low income and who really can't afford to have another child. And obviously it's going to have an impact on their bodies and their lives and their finances and their futures in all kinds of negative ways. But 
that shouldn't really even matter. The point is that they should have the right to choose for themselves. The right to choose, yeah. As a vast majority of people believe that in the US. It's not even outside of um, white evangelical Protestants. Every other yep. group, the majority believe that um, abortion should be legal in in all or most cases. It's kind of weird because that's the, you know, the... the the it's not that long ago well actually it's it's only two years ago something like that that the republic of ireland voted that abortion would be legal or you know after a certain amount of time and all that kind of stuff so there were there were people that would travel to Mm -hmm. england from the catholic country of ireland to to get abortions even you know even up to the two two thousand eighteen, I want to say yeah, yeah, nineteen. About, about then, and, you think, yeah. and that, and we, and we here are thinking, well, that's just barbaric, you know. And he, and England were were kind of going, yeah, well, of course you can you can have it whenever you like, you know, it's your choice, and it's barbaric that you don't get a choice. So to hear that, you know, white evangelical Protestants which is ostensibly what the Church of England are, were not the white and the yeah, evan- white. White, but not evangelical. Not evangelical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's that, kind of, it's that weird thing. I mean, what is it that, what's at the heart of it? I mean, the Catholics in the US, 55% of, the ca- of American Catholics uh, say that um, abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Yeah, so, there you go. It's mad, yeah. doesn't it? You kind of, what, what is the problem? Is it, is it the, the, the white, fear of being you know outnumbered by non-whites that is, that is propelling this in texas what is it it is control of women uh, right just just yep. that okay keep yeah. them barefoot and yep. pregnant out of the workforce yep. um and doing what we tell them and it's not like the state is going to support them it's not going to say okay look if you have more kids we'll give you more money oh absolutely yeah. not once the child's born fuck them they care about the the birth, and and to be honest, they yeah, and they don't care about avoiding abortions because if they did, they would encourage birth control. They would not. They first of all, in mm. in Texas, they don't mandate yeah. sex education. Yeah, but where schools do provide sex education, they do have to talk about abstinence. I mean, mm. these are not the ways to avoid abortions. No, and nor and nor were they. For the generation who are now the lawmakers, that's what I don't know. Where does that come from? Are they are they have they got to that point? They're going well. We had we had it tough, so you can have it tough. Instead of there's no progression going on. And what the what the actual fuck? You know, is it is it yeah. because they are still cowboys? You know, and that and that kind of uber masculine society where the you know the the men are men and the cows are scared the thing is this is kind of a test case which i mean florida's already said they're going to be taking this as a template and basically running with it yeah and obviously all of the red states with um with evangelical protestant republican governors are going to be doing a similar thing um and the thing is the supreme court the the part of the rationale in saying why they have did not enjoin this law and stop it from going into effect, was saying that although there are you know strong arguments about the unconstitutionality mm-hmm. of the law, there are also novel elements 
by which they mean the the enforcement of yeah. it by citizens, yeah. which make it a more complicated question. Which is bullshit. bullshit. How does it make it complicated? Because the- because what they're essentially saying is, what you can do is is create a law which is which is like okay, we are banning guns of any kind, yeah. clearly unconstitutional. Yeah, but we're going to enforce it by getting trained otters to come and collect all the guns from the homes and the supreme court goes well, well that's, that's a complication mm, we can't we can't, we can't make a rule strike that. down that yeah law yeah because yeah. because this is a thing we haven't come up against yeah. before that's ridiculous you can't just add an insane method of enforcement to a clearly unconstitutional law and then get and it and say oh and well that's more, that's more than we can make it acceptable yeah that's more than we can handle you know right they're just what? Well, yeah. And yet they are big on human rights, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. And small government, of course. Yeah, yeah. The the bad, I mean, uh, of all the many bad things, is that there is very little that can be done about this. Yeah. The House is looking at uh, what can be done. Biden has said they're looking at what re- legal recourses they can yeah. Um, use they are investigating the process that it was undergone to to make yeah, this like happen just leaving it but yeah but um but ultimately without getting rid of the filibuster there isn't going to be a thing that can be passed by mm. the, the house and and the mm. senate because they won't get something through the senate without either getting some republican support which they won't get yeah. uh, like significant uh, Republican support because if they have the filibuster, it needs to be a sixty forty yeah. split, which is not going to happen. So they need to get rid of the filibuster so they can make it a fifty fifty decision, and Kamala Harris can do the tiebreak. But Mansion and Cinema are not get not happy about getting rid of the, the filibuster. They weren't for budget reconciliation. They weren't for yeah. passing basically anything that has come up over the last yeah. year. A lot of which has been pretty important. And there's no particular reason to assume that this is going to be different. Yeah. But that's the only way anything can be done about this. Because the legal recourse is to go through the courts. Yeah. And while you are going through the courts, which will take years, yeah. the law has been allowed to, to take place. I mean, it's, uh, it's just something, something fundamentally at the... I mean, the next step will be to do away with women's ability to vote in Texas. That's all yeah, they need. I, I mean, I don't see why yeah. not. I mean, that's all yeah. they need to do because the only the only people that are going to overthrow it in the Tex- Texan government is if women get to be in office. Surely. So they'll prevent that by keeping people poor and barefoot and pregnant and in the kitchen and then remove the vote effectively remember they that's what they're moving I mean, to they are uh, georgia and various yeah, other yeah. places are yeah. already working on significantly yeah. reducing your ability mm. to vote um especially if you're poor mm. and um you know yeah oh it's just it is extremely upsetting frankly yeah. Um, and it's and that's for us. It's it's upsetting for 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 middle aged cis white male guys in Britain. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck yes. me how upsetting it must be for people actually in Texas who are affected directly by this yeah. shit. Yeah, it is unbelievable that the the machinations that 
Mitch McConnell went through to mm. get the court stacked <clears throat> with yep. with conservative justices has led to something like this. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable yet inevitable yeah. in a way. And just fucking depressing. Yeah. And you think, yeah, and you think to what end? And the only way out, you know, they'll all die, but they'll all die of old age, and that'll, you know, that's decades in the future. They made sure yeah, of that. It takes, yeah, it's t- it's a long game. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. <sighs> and finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Well, the Arizona election audit is finally done, and the GOP-led Arizona Senate has hired someone to verify the results. Naturally, to avoid the appearance of impropriety, they looked for someone truly bipartisan, respected on both sides of the political spectrum, with an unimpeachable record of honesty and integrity. And that went about as well as the search for a new host of Jeopardy. Apparently, the best man for the job is Dr Shiva Ayadurai, or to give him his full medical title, Shiva Ayadurai. He's an anti-vax, election fraud conspiracy theorist, two-time Senate race loser who claims he lost one of those due to Massachusetts destroying a million ballots voting for him, who called Anthony Fauci a deep state operative, claimed that vitamin C cures COVID and claims he invented email in 1979, which probably came as quite a shock to Ray Tomlinson, who sent the first email eight years earlier in 1971. Local Republican data analyst Benny White said, I don't know why it is that Senator Fan goes out of her way to find unqualified people to do this work. It might be that she's looking for a particular result. Yeah, could be. We've often said that the right find it hard doing humour and equally impossible to spot irony, even when legally bound to not believe a word he says, Tucker Carlson is flattening your face with it turned up to maximum heat. Not satisfied with fully backing the state-sanctioned interference in Texans' women's rights over their own bodies on his Fox News show, in the very next breath he decried the Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus R. Vance Jr.'s announcement that charges were being brought against 15 people over a conspiracy to forge COVID-19 vaccine cards and fraudulently enter unvaccinated people into New York's vaccination database. According to the DA's office, 13 of the people charged for buying the bogus cards are believed to work in frontline and essential employee settings, including hospitals and nursing homes. Yeah, let's put others' health first, eh, guys? Carlson, who, remember, told you to call the cops on parents making their kids wear masks, spluttered that that is not a serious crime. In good conscience, they've risked their careers to preserve their rights to bodily autonomy. And now they're in jail for that. Uh, Yeah, he did say that. Again, no hint of irony from the safety of a show you are legally bound to not believe a word of, as well as from inside the safety of a healthy, wealthy, privileged, white, male body. Oh yeah, self-awareness, that's the other thing the right doesn't do. The House panel investigating the January 6th insurrection have sent a request to telecommunications companies to preserve records from January 6th related to certain redacted individuals. Certain Republican individuals have reacted like totally innocent people with nothing to hide, such as House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who lied on Twitter that handing over such information would violate a federal law he totally could name if he wanted, he was just choosing not to, and that should they do so, a Republican majority will not forget. Meanwhile, screeching racist Marjorie Taylor Greene screeched at Tucker Entertainment Purposes Only Carlson that if the telecommunications companies go along with it, they will be shut down, and that's a promise. 
It's a threat that's hard to take seriously, given MTG has just about the least power of any congressperson, seeing as how her inability to go two days without screeching some bigoted batshit conspiracy meant that she had all her committee assignments taken away within a month of taking office. Finally, we have Mo Brooks, who tweeted, Why not subpoena socialists who support BLM and Antifa? You've got to hand it to Mo. It's pretty hard to sound both panicky and desperate in a tweet while also missing the point by that much. <laughs> Excellent. Ivermectin is really difficult to get these days. Like hydroxychloroquine before it. Crikey, if you don't actually need it, it's getting pricey. Yeah, bleach, not so much, admittedly, but sheep paste? Jeepers, where will anti-vaxxers get their hands on enough to pay for that? Well, never fear, the creative, if a little foggy and fucked up minds of big pharma bad conspiratorialists have found a way. Sperm will be the new gold. Or if that's not valuable enough, the new Bitcoin. Yep, convinced that the combined efforts of Bill Gates, George Soros and Hugo Chavez's magnetic 5G vaccine will alter your actual DNA. You won't. Pure, unadulterated semen is going to be worth a fortune. It isn't. Well, at least amongst the wankers who believe this stuff. No, even then, no. Overjoyed at the prospect of fistfuls of the white stuff coming on stream, one poster to the now-quarantined subreddit post No New Normal wrote, I'm going to retire as a cum cow. Tiny cow emoji. Okay, not satisfied with confusing how his own DNA works, he doesn't even know how bovine DNA-owning cattle work, vis-a-vis bulls and heifers and, like, cows and shit. Apart from an unhealthy concentration on the value of his own ejaculate, that's the other thing that tells me he doesn't get out much. The FDA has finally fully approved the Pfizer vaccine thereby removing one more excuse for anti-vaxxers who pretend their objection is science-based, like Texas Governor Greg Abbott, for example, whose July executive order said, no governmental entity can compel any individual to receive a COVID-19 vaccine administered under an emergency youth authorisation. So now that it's fully approved, we're cool, right, Greg? No, he immediately signed a new order which removed the emergency use bit, leading cynical old me to think that maybe it was never about the vaccine's FDA status. Meanwhile, companies around the US are taking the opportunity to mandate vaccines for their employees, but Delta Airlines have gone a different route, instead requiring unvaccinated employees to pay $200 a month extra for additional health insurance. CEO Ed Bastian pointed out that the average COVID-related hospital stay costs $50,000, and that since the rise of the B.1.612.2 variant, all Delta employees who have been hospitalised with COVID were not fully vaccinated. That's weird. I wonder why he didn't just call it the Delta variant like everyone else. Oh, yeah, I know. I see it now. We covered the marvellous Judge Linda Parker in the previous Is Not a Logical Fallacy when she handled the so-called Kraken lawsuits. I say marvellous because honourable just doesn't seem enough of an honorific. As we suspected, judgment has been passed on the frankly shite lawyering carried out by the nine never-mind-asking-questions-or-like-legal-checking-and-that-just-look-how-many-lawsuits-there-are-because-oh-no-smoke-without-fire legal-eagles-slash-unabashed-Trump-allies. They have been ordered between them to stump up for the entire hearing costs incurred by the state of Michigan and the city of Detroit and also literally told to go back to school each of them ordered to receive 12 hours of legal education, six of which will focus specifically on election law. 
They could also face possible further action in the individual states in which they practice. It's like the moment at the end of any legal drama when you leap to your feet, a whooping and a hollering, because the good guys won, ground the opposition into the dirt and upheld the rule of law and the truth. I suspect David Fink, a lawyer for the city of Detroit, was similarly whooping when he told NPR, in 43 years of practice, I have never seen a group of attorneys sanctioned so severely. But I've also never seen a group of attorneys who deserved to be sanctioned as much as these lawyers deserved it. Adding, this decision sends a message to attorneys all around the country that the rules matter and the truth matters and there are consequences for bad behaviour. Are you listening, Rudy? It's time to get out the tiny violins for America's most punchable neo-Nazi, and that's a competitive category, Richard Spencer. According to the New York Times, Spencer, who is facing a trial next month for his role in the 2017 Charlottesville march that led to the death of Heather Heyer, is not doing so great. His wife has divorced him, his organisation has dissolved, he's been very effectively shunned by the Rocky Mountain community where he was living, well done Whitefish Montana, and he's broke, leading his lawyer to drop him as a client just before his trial where he'll now be representing himself. We did the Just World fallacy a couple of weeks ago and we already know that bad things don't always happen to bad people. I mean, look at Trump. But it's nice to know that sometimes life takes a giant shit on the worst asshole around. Ah, meanwhile in Britpole, when you spend a fortnight editing films about the surprising human rights breakthroughs being made in the Pacific Rim and it makes you think, oh, perhaps living in the Philippines might be nice, looks quite equitable, fair and just. You know something's gone wrong in England's green and pleasant land. Boris today, when asked by Keir Starmer, not unreasonably, if a little cheekily prefaced, given that we have turned our back on Europe and had the US turned their back on us, he might have added withdrawn millions of funding to the poorest in the global south, as well as reneging on 20 years of peace, stability and rights building in Afghanistan. Given all that, he continued, can the PM give me one example of where in the world we have extended our influence? He doesn't need to add much vaunted in the sunny post-Brexit uplands of Albion, to which Boris replied very specifically, oh, all over the place, or something very much like it, because it was hard to catch amidst the gales of laughter at his expense. Elsewhere, arch-Brexiteer and electrified meat scarecrow, Weatherspoon's pub chain owner Tim Martin, blamed the lack of beer in all his pubs variously on a delivery truck driver's strike that didn't actually happen and a weirdly unforeseen shortage of European workers and an increased border bureaucracy. He, like all right-wingers, conspiracy theorists and leave voters, can't wait for gyms to fully reopen in order to perfect the punishingly torturous mental gymnastics they go through to avoid seeing the catastrophic seven billion pounds sterling disaster they so xenophobically shot into their own foot. That Rodrigo Duarte suddenly seems such a reasonable chap. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. If you had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our newest patrons, Tash Pine and Amar Subramanian. Our straw man level patrons, Max Beaver, Kaz Tui, Steve Bickle, Schmutz, Mark Reichen, Amber R. Buchanan, and our top true Scotsman level patron, Lauren. 
Thank you so much, everyone. We really do appreciate your support. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>